Today on The Big Inside, they're not on steroids. Wink. But seriously, who cares? Like, who cares? I mean, let's face it. Is the extreme form of bodybuilding even relevant to anyone anymore? But maybe that small, small enclave of dudes who practice it. Or is that extreme form of super steroided physique just a social dead man walking? Should society even give a crap anymore? Or is the Mr. Olympia just a giant cultural zombie that we're keeping afloat? Well, that's pretty radical. So we're being joined by a radical guy, podcaster, and IFBB super wonk, Adam McVeigh, of the Geared Up podcast, joins us to discuss whether we even need to really discuss any of this at all. The workout for your ears begins right now. It's another Monday night somewhere. Wait, wait, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. I, I guess it's time once again for the big inside. That was a terrible intro. Broadcasting from the world-famous Public Alley 701 in the swole and shredded city and coughing city of Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN, and this is The Big Inside, an ongoing discussion that intersects and connects what transforms the body with what transforms the world and then turns them both inside out. We're all about the conversation, not the education, but with our luck, you'll probably end up learning something along the way. Joining me this week in the sidecar, it's the ever ever so live and jacked Nick Lefebvre again. Hey, Nick, how you doing? By the way, Nick, last episode, you did brilliant. Like, people were in tears. You 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 were like the the great equalizer of all things. How you doing today? Hey, thanks. Yeah. Pretty swell. <laughs> you sound thrilled. <laughs> thanks, for bringing, <laughs> thanks for bringing the bedlam. Your normal energy is just really appreciated. Um, today on The Big oh, Deal. Dude, I'm stoked. <laughs> Who did you guys have on last week? Oh God, <laughs> um, <laughs> an author. Well, an author. We had an uh, an author discussing the uh, really uh, the, this how the state of body politics intersects our consciousness of ourselves. In other words, the feminism word was dropped, so a lot of guys just oh, okay. tuned, tuned out after three minutes. Um, I didn't. I had a great. It was, it was an amazing episode. There's like arguments going on and kumbayas happening. It was just that was brilliant. It was a brilliant. I would, I I would be shocked to hear that anybody even knows what feminism actually is in 2017. Can we not upend my show at this? No, just kidding. <laughs> the, uh, today on the big deal. Oh God, this is going to be good. Bodybuilding is dead, or is it? Or is it just really, really terminal? Or is it lively and alive? There are few cultural phenomenons quite like the IFBB-level bodybuilding. It's extreme stuff. The guys who are so oversized and proportionally overgrown that most people in common society just go, ew, gross. Yet at the same time, this company is the literal is at the literal iconic epicenter of an industry that transacts in the hundreds of billions annually in the U.S. alone. How is it? that most people just don't care about something that is attached to so much evident power. For those who are not really wonks in the bodybuilding world and wouldn't know an oblique from a spray tan, the IFBB stands for International Federation of Bodybuilding. Note the separation of body and building in the IFBB as opposed to the more vernacular 
bodybuilding, where like the two root words are elided. It's it's a relatively new word, believe it or not, folks, for the English language. It's only accepted maybe within the past 40 years as a single word, which kind of indicates how long the IFBB has been churning away at, you know, whatever the IFBB does. Founded in 1946, the IFBB sounds like some neo-political social organization, but in reality, it's actually just a company. And it's a company that has always done well at integrating with the fitness industry. Indeed, the very year it was started, 1946, is during a period in the history of the physique industry where the industry began to kind of resemble its current state that we know. But what was being sold back then might surprise you, not because it's different, but because it's exactly the kind of stuff that's still being sold today. Image. That's right. Most people are naive to the reality that before supplements and programs and trainers, there was an entire industry that survived literally on selling imagery. Magazines and demonstrations were lucrative, and so you could literally make yourself a small fortune just selling pictures of ideal bodies with a few words attached and tacking on a contest to those bodies, making them, you know, elite stars made them even more glamorous and thus you could charge more for selling that imagery. That's right. All the hard information that we know today, that came way later. And it was only and always due to one thing, adding value to those images so that sellers could make more money. And that's how bodybuilding infiltrated common culture. The, the translating of imagery became, transacting, excuse me, of imagery became so lucrative that it's now common retail and eventually grew into the fitness industry that we know today. But at the core, and that's where we're going here, at the core still sits the idea of an image, whether or not you can sell it, you know, whatever. This is where the anomaly of the contemporary bodybuilding comes in. It's like, you know, uh, the guys and gals in the IFBB today represent not only a completely unattainable ideal for the average person, but are also regarded as just not the ideal for the mainstream that the IFBB and the rest of the body, bodybuilding leagues are kind of sitting on the sideline in spite of the fact that they're positioned in the center. So here's where we have to invoke the idea of, like I brought at the top of the show, the steroids, or because we're enlightened, we say PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, because indeed, the level of physical distortion that is now considered the top form is so far into the extreme from the normal average Joe that it's esoteric. It's like a teeny sub-niche. It doesn't make sense to most people. But the problem is this. Whenever you bring up the PEDs, immediately everyone just snaps to and gets the same damn debate, same damn talking points over and over. It's a binary argument, this and that, and it's the same series. You can't discuss the social relevance of bodybuilding in any sort of intelligent way if you just ignore that gigantic elephant, but everyone tries to ignore it. Um, so it's one of those things where we're trying to get to the heart of whether or not the IFBB is still like socially relevant in the big picture, which is why we took someone who is a big voice within the field, Adam McVeigh from the Geared Up podcast. That's G-E-R-A-R-D Up podcast. Adam is a sometime competitor himself, and he's on his way to another one, I'm sure, and, and has made his name within the niche of competitive bodybuilding as like an inside voice. He dabbles with the elite ranks. That's their word, elite, um, of the sport. And Adam has done hundreds of interviews and discussions, and his listenership, which is vast, 
huge listenership is testimony that, you know, something is relevant here. And we're going to try to sort out what. So as we try to unpack all this social relevance and implications and all that stuff, the first thing I need to, you know, do is ask folks what most people want to know from you, Adam. This is the most, I think when it comes to the cultural phenomena and the social implications, the one thing people need to know, Adam, is um, did you misspell the word geared in your podcast because you want to make your show seem cool or are you just actually cool yourself? No, I, I did that on purpose. And there was an apostrophe originally between the R and the D. But it's I so it cool! It was too much to think of. <laughs> I yeah, took I'm, just, a, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That was a, that was a very uh, well thought out intro there. I got to respect you for that. You're way better at this than I am. Um, but a couple of things. Number one, the IFBB is actually a non-for-profit organization. It's oh, it not is a company. But it's a, it's a non-profit <laughs> yeah. company, right? Is a non-for-profit organization considered a company? I, sure. I wouldn't think so. Ah, we'll look it up. Personally, I could Maybe. be wrong, You're and right I may stand. I may stand corrected. Yeah, I may stand corrected. You're absolutely. Right. The only the only reason I the only reason I think that's oh it's important. Is that we it's might, totally important. We might get yeah. into the the workings behind the scenes, and and I just always found it interesting that the people at the top of the IFBB are are raking in a lot of money, walking around in fancy clothes, and driving beautiful sports cars when they're not supposed to be making that much money. Oh, my uh, God. He brought an axe anyway. to grind at a marshmallow fight. Anyway, no, but that's cool. We'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's something that's going on in America with cancer and everything else anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, um, well, I just thought maybe we'll get into it, so I thought it was relevant. We might. The we other might. thing we is might, that yeah. if, your listeners don't, if your listeners don't understand, the reason why you say PED and, and you know, and your layman out there might say the word steroids, but there's so many things that go on behind the right. scenes besides actual anabolic right. steroids. Right. Um, so if, if the reason why we say PEDs now, as opposed to maybe in 1991 when it was just steroids, is that we have peptides and chemicals that are sold as supplements and totally. things like that. They all fall under the umbrella there. And so. what it is, is my listenership is pretty much divided between guys who are involved with competitive lifting and bodybuilding and then like four of my aunts. So we really want to make sure we keep we keep everybody <laughs> okay. in, the, in, the, in the loop there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the best way to kind of grapple with it is like, let's let's start at the top and bore down. You know, uh, I have this quote here from the current Mr. Olympia. Is he still current? Yeah, Phil Heath from an interview that was recently released by Generation Iron, which kind of encapsulates a broad perspective. Hold on. Let's listen to this. Switching over. All sports have had instances where that's been a problem, but yet they still go watch that. So I think that's an excuse. I mean, that I mean. I think the problem is, is that a, the average person will, will automatically just throw that around because they feel that that's what made a champion and stuff. If that was the case, everybody would be Mr. Olympia. That's just an excuse. That's just BS. I mean, it, it, I, I challenge anyone. Go do whatever you want to do. You won't even be pro. Because you know why? Because first of all, your genetics probably weren't good enough for this particular sport. Maybe your genetics were better for another sport, not this one. That's one thing. The other thing is your ability to actually eat all the time, you know, train through pain, torture, and to recover faster than everybody and still be able to sculpt this muscle. I mean, we still have to do cardiovascular work. We still have to do weight training. I mean, we got to do everything. The, the, the diet alone is, is more intense than any other sport. You, give me, you tell me one sport that has to eat like us. We do something that the general public wants to do, which is lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. We were able to do that through our hard work, through our intelligence. I mean, who's writing these articles? <laughs> <laughs>
whose perspective are you getting from that are being transcended into other sports? You start looking at other sports now, you start seeing that these guys are faster, they're, they're, they look better, they look stronger. You don't think they're reading our magazines? They're lying to you if they say they don't. Because where do you think they're getting the information from? You think they just came up with it one day? No, they're copying it. So we're just not getting the respect and I can't be really focused on that right now. My, my focus is to win this show. And I'll win them over one by one. Based on my positive attitude, I'm, you know, I feel I show some humility here and there. Um, I can admit when I'm wrong. And I definitely like to be right. But um, overall, I, I, I definitely feel that you can't be a Mr. Olympia. You can't be a champion in anything without hard work and dedication. You just can't. And, then, and you know, if you just say that it's this, then you're just being ignorant. You are. You are. I mean, you're just being, you're just saying it because you can't do it. So, uh, yeah, that quote from Phil Heath, which I just found out we had a technical difficulty. The guys didn't hear it. I'll paraphrase. Hey, we're... Oh, is that why Nick was laughing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, the whole time, I'm just sitting there like, um, should I say something? No, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. Language over the so the audience heard it, but you guys didn't, and I heard it, but I'm sorry. Basically, it's a, you know, he basically conflates two ideas in this very overblown, uh, you know, sort of quote that he's he's giving. The first idea he conflates, and this is where it relates to everyday folks, is that, um it's not the steroids. It's not the PEDs. It's the effort that, you know, that that's what it's about. That's the make or break, you know. And then the second idea he conflates is that, you know, at that level, uh, we're the same as any pro athlete. So, in fact, pro athletes look to us for our training methods. Like, we are the yeah, icon. Right. That's sort of the, the essence of the quote. Um, you know, so, so why I are I disagree with it? <laughs> I, that's why I played it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a ridiculous quote and it's done with dramatic music and the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I knew that you weren't going to align with that, but Adam, in general, uh, do you think bodybuilding is out of touch or does it matter? Like, does it even matter if it's not mainstream? But that level, let's be clear that that level, because everyone knows that everyone wants great abs and pecs and the whole thing, but that level, that just that, like, do you think it matters that that's not a mainstream thing? This is this is interesting because this is something that um, my former co-host David Johnson and I used to talk about all the time. And th this is the thing with bodybuilding. Bodybuilding was kind of um, you know obviously in the sixties and seventies there was this whole stigma where if you lifted weights you were you were homosexual. And the thing that made bodybuilding so really? cool from say the <laughs> thing kidding. the thing that made bodybuilding so cool from let's say 1975 when pumping iron was released up until maybe the early 90s was arnold schwarzenegger and the fact that he was such a polarizing person the fact that he went into movies and he had that that very masculine physique that he had and he had the personality to match you know later on came sylvester stallone and those people inter they, those people interjected bodybuilding with um, swag, if you will. Okay. And now, now that those types of people are gone and, um, the drug usage has gotten to where it is and, and the physiques have become so overblown, as you say, I, I just don't think, I don't think bodybuilding 
the the I just don't think it's relevant at at this point. I think it's dying. I think it's on its last not maybe not on its last breath. There's always going to be be people that compete in bodybuilding. Right. It's always going to be there, but I think it's just kind of going back into the cave so to speak of where it came from in the first place before personalities like Arnold Wait, Schwarzenegger where it came about. from where where did it come from like now i mean there's this there's, there's always historical <laughs> things we can fuddle with here but but where do you think it came from well let's i mean think about that in back in uh, the the late 60s and early 1970s you had these little hole in the wall quote unquote health clubs or spa clubs they were called and um, just, you know, I, I got the opportunity to interview guys like Frank Zane and, and John Hansen and guys like that that were around back then. And it wasn't a very popular endeavor at all. Oh, that in um, that respect, wasn't, I mean, it's, because honestly, it's been going on since the 20s. But yes, as far as you're saying, like in terms of it being just really a side niche kind of thing. It, totally. Yeah. I guess I'm talking about the competitive aspect of yeah. bodybuilding. I'm no, not that's talking what I mean. About, uh, 1952 when they were on the beach do, doing acrobatics and things. <laughs> oh, but there were certainly contests. My point is, is that the, I mean, 1946, the IFBB was running contests and we have this. Sure. sure but, sure. but I get what you mean that they were still fringy. They weren't quite, right. you know, in the, in the so, mainstream. So I, I think it's, just, I think if you think about it, it's kind of like bodybuilding has a tendency to, um, kind of eat itself and spit itself out kind of like a balloon, um, it's kind of like a balloon. So, so it started off in this small place and it blew up to this big thing and now it's gone back. And depending on which way society shifts, um, I think that uh, it's just kind of going back to that but deflated wait, state where it was before. Do you think society is taking it? So bodybuilding, the, this Mr. Olympia, these giant dudes, they're taking their cue from society or is it vice versa? I think that the IFBB is directing the their organization in the direction that society has an influence on. Sure. Hence the new classic physique, which is obviously right. going to start growing a lot more. Right. But wait, so but so, so let the me, let me, is. But let's get out of the wonkery for a minute. I want to get out of the. I don't want to get too far into the weeds of the organization itself, and more. I want okay. to talk about that, and we we're going to have to talk about it eventually. But just before we dive in, because that's a whole quagmire. Um, that look, that okay, I'm two two fifty, two sixty, two seventy. Um, that look only seems to transact in one small idea, and that is in this industry model. Like in, it's it's kind of like um, they're just the ox we hitch our supplement wagons to. They they have no other value, it seems, socially on to the average Joe. What are they influencing? What are they doing? What are they? You know, Schwarzenegger. If you want to invoke him, he was influencing like a like you said, he was sort of a charisma star. He was a movie. He sort of had a different sort of transaction. Outside of just that not transaction, to mention, not to mention if you if you just take Arnold Schwarzenegger from from his physique, from a standpoint of just his physique itself, it's not this crazy huge for the time it was. Sure, but for now it's it's very desirable for a man these days to walk around the beach looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1975. He was six foot six foot one or six foot two, 230 pounds. That is your classic physique competitor now. That is your men's physique competitor even now. So you, it's I disagree. Just, I disagree. I don't think it's commonly. I, I think Schwarzenegger is would actually be considered too big and too oafish by common standards today. Have you ever gone to a clothing store? Who are they design? Yes. You know, if you look, if you look at standardization, it's it's really the the. I'm talking about like the big world, like outside the fish tank of bodybuilding. Schwarzenegger is freakishly a disproportionate. Well, I can, no I can no say one. this: I'm five eleven. I'm five eleven two thirty, and nobody huh? looks at me like I'm freakishly big. Oh, not I that they're going like to say it to your face. Yeah, yeah, not sure that they're going to say it to your face. Why not? Well, I mean, do they really? Though we don't. 
We don't sugarcoat things. You guys are in Boston. You should know. Like, people don't just walk around saying shit to each other. Right. That's how we are here. <laughs> no, in, in Boston, they just make fun of your income. It's a totally... I'm not freak... Listen, I'm not freakishly big, and I can walk into any store, and for the most part, I can buy clothes right. at any store. I don't need to be tailored like like your your top-level IFA, or even top-level NPC competitor does. So, so do, we, do we think that... here? So here's the thing. We have the mismatch of the money... With the influence, it's a surprise because I kind of thought that you'd say it would be more relevant, and I'm glad you're 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 on our side with this because that someone's enlightened. I mean, you literally your own podcast is hinging on these guys. Like literally, the the core content is the biggest, most you know badassery guys. I, I listened to an episode where you brought you were talking to all these guys guys from England, and I'm looking up the names and I'm like, this is like a who's who of like gigantoids, and that's great. That's for you. Like clearly, you have an audience. So that's what I'm trying to understand is like, is it really like uh, a freak show? Is, it, is is that do you think the popular version is like, let's watch these freaks go crazy? Do you think that's what I mean? I'm curious. I think, that... I think it is. Yeah, I think if you put a, I think. It, Are you a uh... satirist? Are you actually a satire? <laughs> I, why? Because I'm monetizing on the freak show? Like, no, well, that's what I mean. Are you actually? No, 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 no. That wasn't a, that wasn't, I wasn't saying a disingenuous satirist. I'm saying, are you satirizing? That's what I'm wondering. Um, hmm, this is the, so if you look at the, if you look at the audience numbers at, let's say the Arnold classic, which is coming up here in a month, the, the, the night show and the pre in the pre judging typically for the men's open class sells out and they have the two twelve division, which is the much smaller guys. In, in my opinion, they're just as big as freaks as the, as the of bigger course, guys are just shorter. Cause if you're five, but, five and two twelve, it's the same as five, seven and two eighty. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. But it, so the the night show at the Arnold Classic is sold out. There's it's standing room only at the two twelve, and and good luck even getting a close up view of that. But then you got your men's physique class, and you got your classic physique class, and there you got no problems getting a ticket for that, and you got no problems finding room to watch that. Why is that? Because that those are attainable physiques that anybody can train for a couple years and achieve. The other ones are. It's 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 almost like falling in love with a porn star, but marrying the girl next door type thing, you know. Like you want to watch the porn star, you want to watch the porn star get railed really hard. Interesting, but Interesting you don't want to see your wife, the girl next door, getting railed really hard, right? You well, want to so make love to her. Well, let me push that analogy because I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree with that one is analogy. Reality and the other one is fantasy. I did. I you, we're same page, my friend. Ideologically speaking, that we do like to see our fantasies acted out. One hundred percent there. However. One of the things that I'm that it's in any other industry that has that fantasy component, there's a prudence factor. Like, i.e., I may want to watch that porn, but I'm not going to tell my son. I mean, hopefully, go watch more porn, son. You know, or or my daughter, or my whoever. You know, or make it another industry that's that's about that. You know, I may want to eat all the McDonald's, but I'm not going to like encourage people to eat all the McDonald's. So bodybuilding has this weird component where it's like, it, it it's about watching this literally like fantasy take place, which we're going to talk about in a second because it's kind of warped when you think about it, this fantasy take place. And yet we're like weirdly encouraging that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a, is, that's the funny, that's the funny thing about fantasies is that we pretend like we all want it, but we really don't. It's just oh something God. that we want to live in, in the moment, but let, watch somebody else do it. So then, <laughs> you know ask, I mean? so I'm going to put you on, I'm going to put you on the spot, Adam. Of these top guys, of which you've spoken to, I mean, a couple maybe, what, three? No, I'm sure there's dozens and dozens, right? Like scores of them, yes? Are, are they lambs to the slaughter? 
Are they literally? Are, what, are they? I, are they the idiots here? Are like I'm with stupid? Is, I, are they the idiots? I think that this. I think this is the the progression of most pro bodybuilders. I'm not talking about a Phil Heath type. You're in high school, you and you're going to have to qualify that. Want, yeah, but go ahead. You well, I mean, I'm. I'm. This is all generalization anyway. So if anybody wants to take offense to it, they can email me, and I'll no, ignore. I just want to understand. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so a, a young man, uh, we go through puberty, we're insecure. We go to the store, we buy a magazine cause we want to learn how to lift weights so we can feel better about ourselves. We don't, we don't see the in between the IFBB pro and us as a high school boy. So what happens right. is as a young man, you, you kind of fantasize like, Ooh, wow, I want to be big and muscular. I want to be in that magazine with those girls. And you don't realize that it's all not true. A very, very small percentage of those young boys that get into lifting weights in high school realize that they have a very good um, genetic response to training and to supplements and to watching their nutrition. Those guys, I, I, I really feel like a lot of the IFBB pros today realized on accident that they would make good pros. So then they, so they had this great genetic response to training and then they realized like, wow, I could be good at this on accident. And then they took you know they they continued down that path right, because right. they realized like this is this is an opportunity for me to possibly make money which none of them really make that good of money anyway anyway right uh, it's but they, really that's but they don't the learn, they don't learn that uh, they don't learn that till later on so with you, you know you kind of mentioned earlier when it, i truly feel this whole thing that phil heath is on about these professional athletes and all this bullshit that uh, the hit Bodybuilding at the top. Get it out! About Spit it out, man! Bodybuilding, Spit it out. <laughs> bodybuilding at the top level is about two things: number one, genetic response to training, and number two, genetic response to drugs. Plain and simple. End of discussion. All bodybuilding, or the bodybuilding that we know as the IFBB. Bodybuilding at the high, highest level. And Competitive which, bodybuilding at the highest. Well, wait. Level. Let's let me let me let me, and I want to pursue that more. But let me turn left a second to say, well, then has natural has this natural bodybuilding failed us? Is it a I think the pursuit? natural bodybuilding failed itself because there's so many different organizations and it's so watered down that nobody has any idea where to go. I have a I have a natural bodybuilding uh, competitor client of mine who wants to earn his pro card. He's going to compete in three <laughs> different shows where he could earn pro status as a as a natural bodybuilder. That makes no sense to me. You know, if you if you want to be a pro football player, you want to play in the NFL. If you want to be a pro baseball player, you want to play in the MLB. If you want to be a pro natural bodybuilder, what do you do? OCB. Um, uh, I mean, there's seven, eight of them, eight organizations. Yeah. That's natural bodybuilding failed itself. Yeah. So, so you think it's so, but that's what I'm saying. Do you think the pursuit itself failed? Do you think that there rightfully ought to be like, in other words, all things being equal, let's take away the managers, the, the hack managers on either side of the equation. Right. Do you think that otherwise, uh, other than the lack of management, that form of sport would have been viable? I don't think it ever would have been really big. no because you're again you're looking at totally attainable physiques standing I mean it's something that's attainable we why do I watch why do I watch NFL football because those guys are out there doing something that I can't do and it's entertaining but then how why do you explain go, how do you explain the, go, how do you explain the Mets what, what, are natural, what is this guy? Natural bodybuilders? No, no, I'm talking about the Mets. I'm talking the about Mets. the Mets. Like, because the in, in the Mets, they lose constantly over history, and yet clearly that's attainable. I could lose at baseball. All these throw me out there, I'll lose right away. And it's the idea, but that the fan base is ravenous for them. So, in the same token that we can say people only want to see the supreme, we have actually <laughs> way more way more data to prove that people don't give a shit about the extreme and just want to root for someone. 
if you played 162 games as an MLB baseball player, you're telling me you could be competitive over a season? That's my point. Is that that? And and so what we do is that you yeah, get more, not. more you'd fans. There, you'd, be, you'd go out there and throw your 65 mile an hour fastball, and it would get hit over the wall. That's my point. You, whether the Mets are bad or not, that's that just means that the competition is better. There's still guys out there throwing 100 <laughs> miles an hour. But it doesn't change you the could fact. Not do that. But it doesn't change the fact. No, no. But the, the point that I'm getting at is that the fans remain, regardless of the fact that the Mets are not elite. That's my point. And I so. You're saying go, that people wouldn't care about at a beer. I can go and enter, be entertained at a beer league softball game too. It could be a good sure. game, but I'm not and, gonna pay to watch that. <laughs> but actually, more people pay for that than bodybuilding. So we have a thing there. We have the numbers on that. So there's an irony here is that uh, that we have to look at like if it really did fail, mightn't it have been like you were saying, the management as opposed to that the sports themselves are not viable. Um you know, and you, you, you sort of alluded to it at the beginning, so I'm going to let you take you out of your cage around this, around the money and how the money, you know, follow the dollar and you'll find the, the corruption. Um, and it could it be that same tiered system? Now, I'm not sitting here advocating for natural versus not natural. What I'm saying is like how our system is is wonked out that we can't even get a clear perspective that these people who are making the money off of this endeavor – um, and I'm saying that the the top pros seem a little bit, by your description, lambs to slaughter. Let's watch these guys spiral into the oblivion of massiveness, and Destroy everyone applauses. Yeah, Destroy and everyone, health. yeah, right. and, and, not yeah, offer them applauds. health insurance. Sure, exactly. Um, and so these, <laughs> right, and so regardless of how much money is being made, which may be huge, may not be huge, I don't have those numbers. I should have done my research, but hey, this is the big inside. Like I got time for research. Um, what, research, do you, come on. Right? Do you think – I mean, I can write 20 pages. I can't do research. Um, but the do you think that with that, um, that's part of what would kill those alternatives is the fact that there is, if you will, an oligarchy system rather than a more, I guess, proletariat system of play involved here? I, I, I feel like from a natural bodybuilding standpoint, I feel like kind of the climax of natural bodybuilding was late 90s, early 2000s, muscular development – um, was promoting it in their magazines. <laughs> that and, rag. <laughs> <laughs> well, back then it was known as all natural muscular development. Uh, back in, I don't know, it was to, like ninety. If you have to Bill, emphasize it, that's like that's like someone come to you and saying like, "I'm the very pretty Christian matey." If you have to emphasize <laughs> it, you know what I mean. Regardless, I don't know if there was never any money. There was never any money in in it in the first place, if you ask me. And so, I think that's why it got spread all. Even, even uh, right. even in the MPC, I, I think the promoters are making decent money. Um, but the, even then, they have to have posing clinics on the side. They have to prep competitors themselves from you know nutritionally or whatever the case may be. So it's not like these people are just making money just from promoting a couple shows every year. And, and th- that's that's regular bodybuilding with figure and all these other classes. I think that once you get into the natural side of things and you're actually drug testing people then i think that like you're even your income potential is even lessened at that point because it's kind of a subcategory of a subculture which do you you think yeah do you think that the money do you think the bodybuilders should be getting paid more uh the professional ones or the natural ones any i don't care like put aside the drug argument now any organization, do you think it's possible to manage that? Here's here's the thing about that. It's it's really hard for me to answer this question. This is why. 
at the end of the day, we don't really know how much money is coming into things like the IFBB from supplement company sponsorships and all these things. So we can assume that there's a billion dollar industry here, but we don't really know that. Do I think that the number one bodybuilder in the world should make more than $250,000 for winning what is quote unquote, and they'll tell you themselves, the Super Bowl of bodybuilding? Yeah, probably. I think it should be upwards of a million dollars, probably. Um, and But it's not, it's not even up. a number... <laughs> It's not even the number one guy. Really, you would I wouldn't take all those drugs to just to win a million dollars. No, I'm, I'm bucks. being. That, that, I'll it, stay it, back it, here with my six figures and live to yeah, be eighty. Thanks. It, it, it's a form. <laughs> it's a form of comedy called sarcasm. Anyway, never go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the thing when it comes to the professional uh, bodybuilders themselves, I have a problem with the lower level guys, maybe the tier two or tier three level guys going into a show and making a fucking measly ten grand. Uh, that's what that's where my problem because because the money that the promoters have made from adding all these other classes has increased. However, the the prize money hasn't gone up with it, and I've that's what I, I have a major where, problem with. Where, and I, where, even even like you like you said though, I mean it's not going to go up because it's like kind of a dying industry or at least well, stalling industry, right now. The industry itself isn't going bodybuilding. Is dying. Bodybuilding body itself. Portion, yeah, I, right. I wouldn't. It's not. It. I hate people say dying, and I I hate that. It's no, not no, going to die. I, it's not yeah. going to die. There's always going to be people that want to bodybuild. I am a bodybuilder. Right. I will never compete in another class. So it's not going to die, but it's definitely taking a backseat to these other classes. And the thing about it is, is that I believe the Mr. Olympia for the physique class, which is that Spanish kid. I can't even think of his name, but um, name I think he it. makes like, I think he makes like 15. Oh, I'm trying to think of his, do you know okay. his name? Nick? Who? Is it Zadie Kadzevic? Is that the guy? No, no, of? no. That he, he went over to no, no. Is that no, for classic a, physique? What's his fucking kid's name? I can't. Anyways, I he's he's the he's the physique. Right. Neither do I. But he's he's the physique. That's why I can't remember the kid's name. <laughs> but he's so this kid is the physique Olympia champion, and he makes like fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> it's crazy. So the the but the thing is is that I think that that's where we have a that's that's what I'm talking about in terms of maybe it could have succeeded but for the money because what you just described is the presumption that you're the physique Olympia you ought to be able to make a lot of money kid and it's almost like it's this weird wink wink that because you have the title that should now transact into money somehow magically and that's actually how the industry is set up and bodybuilding seems to be taking its cue from an industry rather than from a fan base at that point. Well, hold on a second. So back in the nineties, you had, um, the, the professional bodybuilders being glorified in the magazines. They were, uh, driving, you know, their Mercedes and their, and their convertible sports cars and all these things. And Weeder, Joe Weeder kind of promoted this lifestyle. Like if you get really good at this, then you can make all this money and you can have these girls right. and you can have this car, this lavish lifestyle, right. laying on the beach all day in the California. personal training boom came out in the, uh, they, really the early 90s. The, the, yeah. IF, the, the people that Jim Mannion, the people that run the IFBB and the MPC, they don't even promote that. It's not about making a living anymore. It's a, it's the same mentality as finishing a marathon. Like you also, you can win your pro card in two shows in bikini or physique. And they, they promote the Olympia stage. You know, they, they did this classic physique this year. Like, we're going to have a classic physique Olympia on the first year. You could be on that classic physique stage if if you try hard enough and you do all these shows and so, earn your points and whatever so it, the case may be. They're yeah, not even we, promoting yeah. the money side of it anymore. Right. They're and promoting we, this dream of this, like, just like it's some, like right. you can change your Facebook name to IFBB Pro. And right. That's so it. Like, so you're, you're, ta <laughs> you're, you're now on the other side. You're saying that what they're promoting is it's attainable in spite of the fact 
that it you right. supposedly said it wasn't attainable. So they're playing. You're, you're saying they're talking out of both sides of their mouth is what they're really doing. That they're saying. I'm, say, the public, I'm saying that. The, no, 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 no. I'm saying the powers that be recognize that, that bodybuilding, the class, the men's open bodybuilding is unattainable. Here's all these other options that you can do that are, are attainable, no different than running a marathon. You can finish 3,756th place and then go have a beer after and feel like you accomplished something. Men's open is like, that's something where you need to, if you don't have this phenomenal genetic response like Phil Heath or, or somebody, the top five guys in that, um, then that's something you have to work towards for 15 years. And in today's society, people don't want to work 15 years for anything. Well, certainly they not for that prize. Yeah, for certainly not for that kind sure. of a prize. And that's that, especially think, not for 250 grand. And but, only one guy gets it. Yeah. But that's my point is that. So do you think and this is where like the sort of now the, the more existential opinion comes back in um, about whether bodybuilding is dying existentially, even if it, the industry and the pursuit may still be there, because what you're saying is that, OK, now we're going to give you know, pro cards to so many people that the IFB is playing and the NPC and all these leagues, let's not vilify one of them, is playing to the you can get a pro card, you can get a pro card, and you get a pro card, and you get a car, and you get a car, and everyone gets pro cards. And it's like yeah. just like throwing them around. And so therefore, there is that tarnishing some higher glory because now it's diverting from that centralized pursuit. Is it think, killing I, off I think the it, interest in bodybuilding? I think if you, because um, you said like, I you okay, pulled, so you, you, I, I think if you pulled, I think if you pulled all the professional bodybuilders and didn't, and let them leave their names out of it, and made it, you know, I think that they would all tell you that the status of IFBB Pro is not even close to um, as prestigious as it was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, I mean, and that's that's what I'm sort of getting at is that, do you <laughs> think that bodybuilding should be more, uh, I don't know, prestigious? Prestigious in the mainstream. Let's let's get out of no. the niche. Why not? No. Person, well, I'm be kind of I'm going to be kind of selfish on this one, but personally, I don't I don't want bodybuilding to be part of the mainstream. I like the fact that um, I'm bigger and stronger than the average person. I don't want everybody walking around being the same as me. <laughs> so wait a minute, is this a sport of insecurity? No, 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 no. I don't think it's an insecurity. I think you can go through life and and look at your surroundings and realize what you are. But okay, but that, that brings in, all right, so now we're gonna, now we got the dangers. Now you're gonna hate me. You're gonna despise me. So now that we got no, through all this stuff, you're gonna hate, oh, you're gonna hate You're gonna make guys. me talk about deep shit. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, like it on the inside, but it's gonna seem no, like I don't. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm gonna make you talk about is the fact that, and this, this goes to the idea of the spectacle versus the pursuit. In that spectacle, in that circus, in that three wing circus, I don't care. Pump them up full of, not me personally, I'm saying the common spectator, pump them full of drugs. I don't know. Fr f put a flamethrower on them. I don't care. Make the show interesting, right? That's the sort of the idea right. here. But it's only special by merit of the fact that they are being tormented. I'm using that word very, you know, loosely. So right. is someone really special if all we need is a stand-in for that? Like this guy with this physique is just a stand-in for the audience's like, it's almost like weirdly sacrificial so the average joe is he really any more special or strong just because you know if he's interjected if he's intersecting the same kinds of technology there it is the peds is he any more special or did he just interjects is it like the opposite of the quote i played at the top of the show i mean because I, I think i think i think these guys are special from the aspect of their genetic response to drugs i think a, a big thing out there is 
you know, you always have your young guys that say, that I can look like him. Special. I can look like him. I can look like, no, well, I mean, you can't do it. I can't do it. Well, no, I'm wait, 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 wait. My brother's saying, allergic to penicillin. Special. That doesn't make me special because I can take penicillin. <laughs> you know, I mean, so the intersection with, like, for example, some people can't ride a motorcycle. That doesn't make the people who can intersect with that technology somehow better. If those people, if those people practice really hard, they can learn how to ride a motorcycle. That's no, come on, someone, I've ever heard in my some, life. No, no, you I mean like, no, no, dude. <laughs> A quadriplegic? Are you are you going to be the guy who puts a quadriplegic? I cannot respond better to drugs. Okay, you're going to put a quadriplegic or someone with you. I can't get better at that. I can take more drugs, but I'm not going to necessarily get any better. But that's my point: is that wouldn't the contest of maximizing your genetics be an interesting race? Rather than from a performance standpoint or from a visual standpoint? Both. Both. Well, we have that. We have CrossFit where you can. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't physical, play. Don't play me that way. It's more of a physical way. endeavor where we're testing athletes' ability to perform. These guys aren't performing. They're standing on stage flexing their bicep. It's not a performance. It's just a sideshow. That's but, okay. So then, shouldn't we call it that? Shouldn't we turn it into pro wrestling and stop calling them special? Just call it the performers. I mean, in my opinion, it is. It's no, no different. But that's what I mean, so, that, so and, I have, as a matter of fact, it would probably, from a business aspect, it probably benefit them to make it Precisely. more like wrestling so then right. isn't so then shouldn't the message be being big like this doesn't make you special being big like this makes you marketable shouldn't that be the message i guess, I guess my perspective is they're special in the from the standpoint of i can do the same things they do and i'm not going to get the same result no matter what i do so special okay. that's, I mean, that's not is, that's i'm not saying that's I'm right not within special as a good thing Right. It's, it's, it's just they're, within they're a context. I've, unique is a much better word to use. Not special. Unique is a okay. much better and it's, word. And it's, it's only unique within that context. And that's what I'm getting at is that, uh, you know, the, the I think that, for example, um, when it comes to any like hockey, let's take I wish Scott was here to talk with us. Hockey has turned into this ridiculous blood sport at the pro level, um, at oh, least in, a, in the in the USA. Maybe Canada might be a little bit different. Lying. Um, but like. You know, the the idea that playing hockey at this point means you also have to be able to fight dirty. And that's beyond just being a good hockey player. That's beyond the Bobby Orr model of hockey. But nonetheless, it's lucrative. And so we'll it has nothing to do with your your athletic ability. It has everything to do with your willingness at that point. You know what I mean? So is it really I mean, that hockey special? is like the least lucrative sport that there is out of all the but major that's my sports? Point. Sure. Yeah, that's my that's my point, though, is that, well, you, you know, know, hockey in the least lucrative, really, the guys hockey. making it ahead of the guys who are willing to throw a punch and draw blood. That's the irony. Nah, that's, no, that's not, not accurate. That's oh, not come on. God. Oh, no, no, no. Christian, you, you clearly don't watch hockey, man. I, watch I do. Hockey. I'm a huge hockey guy. I go to 20. How many fights? Year. I watch how many fights? How many each team? Each team has. One or two guys that you consider your bruisers that you send out there to to be right. physical with the other team. Right. But your best players in hockey are your Patrick Canes. This guy is five foot eight, one hundred and sixty pounds. He never gets in any fights. He's just faster and better than everybody. That's point, that's what hockey is. Hockey is my, a speed sport. No, that I know just that. So happens to allow fighting. What I was it's not the, it's not nineteen eighty nine anymore. These guys aren't right. You, fights in hockey are they're, they're pretty I'm, rare these days. What I'm evoking is exactly well, that was the response is that because of that disparity, that was what I was getting at. And one of the lowest paid sports that the willing it's more like the willingness. What are you going to subject yourself to becomes the latter, as you know what I mean? When you uh, hockey is still like highly competitive, especially growing up skilled, in Canada. Yeah, I think we're getting I think freaks. 
I think I'm getting we're, getting, we're getting, we're getting lost in the reads because I have two massive hockey fans. No, I, I, I totally disagree with you on the hockey thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. No, I, I, I we're lost in the reads. So far. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think that you're missing the point of the analogy, but that's my, no, that's I, what I'm I saying. No, I got the point. I just disagree with you wholeheartedly. What's the point? What's my <laughs> I point? Think your me. analogy is just off base. I think we should get back on track to what right, we were Tell me what, wait a minute. About, okay, let me get back to it. Let me get back to what we're on track. Here's what I'm going to say. Is being a bodybuilder about willing to like just basically sacrifice your shit? Yes. Not, okay. Yes. So no, it's a, it's about realizing it's about realizing you have the ability to do so and then following through with that ability. So to get ahead. Well, I mean, even at a like an amateur level, right? It's still yeah. the same thing. I mean, they're still taking the same actions. It's just like you said, like they're just, just not, not getting the same head. results. Yeah. But I mean, but it, I, I would I would venture to say that like um, if if I backtrack a little bit because I kind of was just like watching. Uh, you guys go after it. It was a really good discussion. But, um, you know, in reference, especially to like the natural bodybuilding, right? And like as a natural bodybuilder, that's kind of like what I'm a little bit more familiar with. Um, just not not having ventured over to the other side. Uh, not to say that I won't one day, but who knows? Um, but when you look at the sport, I would have to agree, like absolutely, um, you know, natural bodybuilding kind of like destroyed itself, um, which is and I'm not taking either side with this. I'm just kind of noticing. It's pretty interesting. You said that, um, all of the, you know, disparity between the different leagues and, and everything like that, um, happened in part because there was no money. Um, yet we're looking at kind of the same problems, um, with it being like, uh, a sideshow or not that marketable or whatever that are occurring in the IFBB, which obviously has a fuckload of money at an elite level. Um, but yeah, there are like, uh, you know, seven or eight different leagues and none of them are super serious and they all have different world champions somehow. Yeah. Um, and like that's disheartening for me. That's like off putting to me um, to a point where I actually like, you know, um, have some like reservations about like looking at that industry on both levels. Right. You Like you get a little bit jaded when it's like you do grow out of that because I'm still pretty young. When I grew out of that phase of like, you know, when I was in high school and I saw Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman going after it and I was like, oh, man, I want to be like one of those dudes one day, you know, and then you got to face reality. And then you and realize now, what you realize what that takes at some point. Yeah, exactly. And sure. that's not even the most off putting part. The most off putting part now is just seeing like, what the fuck is it even for? Like, what are they going after? That's here? what I'm getting. Um, at. That's what I was getting it's, at. It's. That's there's a desire there. there. There's a desire there, which I find right. interesting that you just kind of touched on, but you didn't actually say it with all the disparity in natural bodybuilding. How do you become the best? Even if it's a hobby exactly. for you, who, exactly. who's the best? There's no well, way to gauge. That's, that's, there, so that's what I'm, that's what, that's the analogy that I think got lost in the reads of hockey. I'm saying that sometimes within a limited range and don't get hung up on hockey guys, that it's more about Chicago the, Blackhawks. Oh, for freak! Just gonna say that. No, no. uh, <laughs> it's a shit show. It's a shit show. NTM and no, but like uh, the uh, no, but seriously, like in in a limited context, in certain limited context where the money is involved, it's not about the best. It's about the most willing. That it really boils down to. I think that we have we've wrongly conflated the idea of the guy who's the most willing to throw his shit to the fire is oh my god, he's the I mean, best. <laughs> I mean, it's both, right? I that, mean, that you still have a ton of guys that are just as willing, but it's like which one of those just as willing is going to be the best? You can take I think the most willing. You can take, you can, I, mean, I can take the premise of your point and put it in anything. Please politics, do. No. politics, motivational speaking, 
Anything. Any, 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 what I mean, I said, I said, I said, who's willing to sell their soul the most. That's what it right, is. Right. Right. But that's you know what we're getting. Into, I have but, the real question here. But, Here's what I want to ask. But, and I, I got be super. But, wait, inflammatory. wait, 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 Nick, Nick, before you go there, <laughs> no, no, hold that, write it down, Which write it down, write it down. Natural bodybuilding or the IFBB? Well, wait, 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 wait. Before, before you go there, before you go there, I've lost control. Before you go there, I guess what I'm saying is that to your point, Adam, to your point, that's that's what I'm getting at. Is that the point of social relevance? That bodybuilding is the example of the idiotic corruption of our nation. Wow, I went there with like Not even our nation. It's a hu- it's a human disease, is what it is. It's the human. Okay, it's and the however, human, what do they call right. it? However, you want to moralize it. Exactly, a human condition where you know this idea <laughs> human of condition, right? That's if you're I mean. willing to behave despicably. You'll you can somehow get ahead in your community, and that's we'll we succeed know that. in 2017. Right. Absolutely, but, but the thing is, doesn't bodybuilding glorify that? And that's what I was getting at. Is that the despicable part? That it's glorifying the idea that you're willing and, to throw everything to the wind. That modeling glorifies that. Um, I mean, name a, name anything. Retail, the, the stock market. I mean, <laughs> anything. What, uh, you, could, you could literally. That's the way the world works the, the, in 2017. It's just the way what, the world works. What do you think? So what, answering Nick's question, what do you think is more messed in the head? And when I say fucked up, I mean, which one has strayed furthest from like what bodybuilding should be to each competitor? Yeah, what should it be think, and how is it strayed? I don't think natural bodybuilding has because there are still organizations out there that are pretty um, lockstep with the reason why they started as far as – uh, testing is concerned and, st- you know, staying up with current trends like, you know, um, peptides and, and pro-hormones and things like this. I think there are organizations out there that have been like that. I think that for whatever reason, and I don't re- I'm not intertwined enough in natural bodybuilding to know the actual reason why. But for some reason, like all these different organizations popped up when I was in the early 2000s, when I was I started following bodybuilding in 1994, so I guess late 90s, early 2000s again. There was the WNBF had a magazine that was put out every month, and to me, that they had the Mr. Universe and things like the Mr. World, and to me, that was the epitome of natural bodybuilding. Soon thereafter, you had um, uh, uh, the uh, what's it called? Something. There's OCB, and then there was like the shit. I I can look it up on my phone real quick. The OCB is the amateur league, so it's like what is it? The WNBF, the IFPA, the NGA. These NGA, that's what I was know. The NGA, the IMPF. So you have somewhere along the line, like all these other other organizations popped up for whatever reason, because maybe maybe people thought that the WNBF wasn't being run properly, and so they said, hey, I could do that better. But maybe what they, they saw did, the IFBB and they thought there was money. <laughs> Yeah, so, maybe. so yeah, like that's it's interesting you say that because I kind of feel like, yeah, I mean, Adam, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying in terms of it's the quagmire that's the problem. It's the it's the shit because I personally think, you know, what one of the main reasons is and I'm going to go on record as saying it. One of the biggest problems that ever hit the sport of bodybuilding was the idea that it should be responsible for a message of anti like an anti drug message. That I yeah. think is the, that, it is. I think it is. And I think it affects both sides of that equation. Mainly because it caused two sides of the equation. Personally, do I want to see? I think par- the, I think I want to see parity in sport. I want to see everyone on an even field. But I think that the way it's gone about it, like owning it as a responsibility, has caused baloney havoc. And that's a I think that the public. I think the bigger. I think the bigger question here. I didn't. I actually didn't know that. Is this a? Is this show premised on natural bodybuilding? I didn't even know that going nope, into this. Not, not <laughs> oh, at all. Okay. 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 Not at all. I think the bigger problem here is that it's totally acceptable Wait. for a man to of a thirty-five-year-old man to go to the doctor and get on testosterone replacement therapy to enhance his um, sexual performance or his results in the gym or whatever the case may be. 
but it's not except, but steroids are some somehow illegal still. And, you know, women could go do all, get all these things done to her. I think that's the bigger question here. Not. Well, I think that, well, that's, that's a legal question, of course. And that's a, that, you know, right, that, right, that right. bring that brings in ideas of ethics. But what I'm saying is right. like s- sticking to the moral part of it. And no, this isn't about natural bodybuilding. Like this is about, see, that's the thing is that I hate how you, it has to be binary. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That it's there's this, be one or the other, sure. Right. This hard wedge. And it's like, you evoke natural bodybuilding and something is like, everyone's like, gla- like tiptoeing or natural sport and tiptoeing around these ideas. And it's like, wait a minute. Isn't it a problem, like you're saying, at the ethical level, and certainly what I'm saying at the moral level of like, how do we define sport as far as how sport intersects with technology? If it's a show, well, that's the other the other question yeah. the other question here is is bodybuilding a sport? And I don't think it is. Right. It's a pageant, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. I, I, and that's the thing, as I think that there was an athlete. Phil Heath talking about how he's an athlete. He's pretty He goes to the team and puts a pin in a machine and pushes. That's not I, an athlete. That's not an athletic endeavor. I disagree. It's not athletic. I disagree. My grandma, on, my grandma could do everything it nah. takes to be a bodybuilder. She is not athletic. I disagree on one athlete. level. I disagree on one level that there is athleticism involved. And I think that at the core of the sport, there was a sport happening. I think you're right. It's the pageant process that has just run roughshod. So you can't even – that. T- it's like looking for a grain of corn in a pile of shit. You're, you're going to be digging for a while. And, yeah, there's corn in there, but who wants to find that? You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, it's, it's in there. There is an athletic sport in there, in my opinion, but you're dead right that it's so conspired and bullshit. Another, and I, another I think thing that's that you're, why society another thing that you're away. touching on, you keep you keep alluding to it, but it's not really coming up. And that's um, and Nick probably will agree with me on this. I didn't fall in love with the competitive side of bodybuilding whatsoever. I, don't, I still don't like it. <laughs> I don't necessarily enjoy it. I, I think it gives me this really messed up perspective of myself that isn't a normal thing for me. I've said on my show before. I've said on my show before that uh, I can go through a 20 week competition prep process, take pictures at the end and be like, all right, let's go eat pizza. Like the, the day of the show, I'm, I'm one of the more I'm one of the most confident people you're ever going to meet in your life. And the day of the show, running to the mirror, checking yourself all the time, the 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 anxiety of the last four weeks leading into the contest, looking at yourself, picking apart everything and analyzing yourself just it, it breeds insecurity like you wouldn't believe. And so that aspect of bodybuilding, I really don't like the part of bodybuilding that I do like is the structure that it gives me in my day to day life. The um, the physical challenges that I give to myself in the gym, right. the camaraderie ship, like I'm sure if I met Nick at a gym one day, we train our dicks off and then we would go Whoa. eat afterwards. And that camaraderie aspect would be there. It truly is a lifestyle. And I love the lifestyle of bodybuilding. The competitive side, I'm not a fan of whatsoever. I would be remiss in in letting the train your dick off joke slide by in relation to steroids. Anyway, so um, the the thing that you touched on though was like the camaraderie. Hey, now, my dick looks bigger now because my balls are smaller. So uh, th- uh, there it is, folks. Three ninety nine a minute. Hey, my dick grow. I don't, I don't know what it does to yours. Well, <laughs> what's happening right now as we're talking about this is exactly what I was going to talk about. There is a camaraderie. There's a weird camaraderie, and the minute. The way contemporary competition is set up, the minute you enter that track, you are not only encouraged, you're almost forced into an isolation. And that deteriorates. One of the main reasons people got into this was like connecting with some, you know, who knows, it's different for every person. But obviously, like going to the gym, being, I hate to be corny about it, but being one of the guys or just feeling like you belong to something. So bodybuilding dropped that ball and look who picked it up, CrossFit. And now they're raking in the money on the same idea. 
I don't think I don't think guys that bodybuild really get into it. Like the camaraderie ship is just something that's cool that comes along later. Like you meet another guy, you go to you go to train that it's like, okay, this is this is really cool, man. Like he's just like me. He lives his life just like me. That's cool. I, I'm not necessarily going to make it my best friend. I'm not no, necessarily going to come we're not gonna have We're not going to have support groups yeah. where we all sit around talking about no. bodybuilding, but we might get together and train every once in a while. But right? you evoked but you evoked Schwarzenegger, and that was what his charisma was, is he was the guy you could hang out with. And that might have been what attracted people and, the, and their little clan of bodybuilders. And it was that vision, that idea that this is a membership to a bigger club, like sure. uh, vestigially. That sort of had the appeal. Now that we've removed that and it's every man for himself, well, who gives a crap today, about every man for today, himself? That's, so that so you're, that's going back 25 years. I think that if you ask a lot of people today, I think that they would tell you that um, the, most of the reasons why they 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 practice bodybuilding are more they like to be isolated. They like to they like feeling that they are it's. They're like feeling that they're accomplishing something. It's it's just them. I've, Isn't that nothing, messed no, up though? Isn't that a little sociopathic? Why? Well, how about this? I'm going to choose, honey, just for the sake of a single claim, I'm going to ruin our relationship, spend all of my money, and probably neglect the kids. You know, but I'll have that claim at the end. That's kind of like garden variety sociopathic. I mean, I just isn't it? I just won my class at a pretty prestigious show here in Chicago, and I didn't risk any of those things. So I get that's. Okay. You know, I mean, that just comes down to whether or not you're a good human being or not, I guess. Right. You know, I but think that's some of that. I think that's my point. No, that's exactly my point. Talk about, no, I think what you're getting at is when you talk about like, um, you know, the same thing that you were referencing when you were talking about like lambs to the slaughter or whatever. Well, like, what uh, I think at. there yeah, is yeah, yeah. obviously like um, that sick glorification that kind of right. uh, hangs right. out in the background. It's like the elephant in the room. Like, right. Um, I don't know, like, um, and everyone loves it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so it's so motivating and all that shit. Oh, all everybody, win. Yeah, everyone those likes old, to see train wrecks. No, those old, uh, those old animal pack, you know, commercials, like one man against the world type. Right. Fucking, you know, everything like that. And there's like, you know, Frank McGrath is like sitting on his bed and his girlfriend's like asleep. And it's like this <laughs> shitty little cot in like this, this like cesspool apartment and everyone's it's, like i'm right here at those Nick, commercials. it's my apartment i'm right here Nick. you know what do you want to know what i'm talking about though right you don't want to yeah, know yeah. what the sad part about that is is that people see that stuff and then they believe it and they don't have their right. own perspective yeah. of the world right that's yeah. what i was getting that's at what I mean. that's exactly what i'm saying so 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 if you want to get a little deeper here i believe there's a small percentage Please. of the people on the planet that see the world for what it is they have a clear vision they're able to think for themselves they can take in commercials they can take in ideals they can take in all these things and they can decipher what is going to work for them and what they believe themselves they're they're free thinkers they're they're able to think for themselves but most of the world a large percentage of the world who knows 90% i don't know um they just do what they're told. They're they're robotic. They're the the sheep sheep old type mentality, and they fall for stuff like that. So they see an ad like that, and they're like, "I want to be that guy." And then there's something in their brain switches over, and they just that's all they see. It's like everybody's got to wear Jordans to the gym. Personally, I've never seen the they're fucking shoes, man. They're fucking shoes, and you're out spending two hundred twenty dollars on fucking shoes, like they're gonna make your leg workouts better or something. They're, right. Just because everybody else is doing it. Like it's just you know I, th that comes down to free thinkers. I don't I don't I there are a lot of guys out there and I've met them that ruin their relationships, but for the most part I don't really see that very often. And maybe that's just my who I choose to surround myself with. I, maybe like intellectually I surround myself with people that are on my level and see the world at least similarly to me. 
But these people that are ruining their lives and ruining their relationships and everything else, like I don't, I don't. No, it's a personal choice for sure. Like you can be at that level without, um, without making those types of sacrifices. Not to mention anytime I see a young person that's willing to make those sacrifices and spend the next 20 years of their life chasing after something that's not going to happen most likely anyway, I try to tell them, look, this is, this is the, you know, the, the guy that I mentioned earlier, that he's all about winning this natural pro card. And I'm like, listen, Richie, nobody gives a shit about, first of all, nobody gives a shit oh, about Oh, Richie, you just got called out, Richie. We know your <laughs> name, Richie. <laughs> Unfriend. Like, block him. Block him. He probably won't listen to this. I was like, second of all, secondly, <laughs> there's, no, there's no pot of, it's not like there's a pot of gold or all this opportunity at the end of the rainbow. You're literally going to wake yeah. up the next day and be the same fucking guy. And nobody's no, going to give worse. a shit. You're going to wake up the next day after the show, even if you do fucking win. And then it's just back to the like, yeah. life you live it's like, where no one gives a fuck. It's like, it's like, listen, Rich, when we're 60-year-old men sitting on our porch drinking Jack and Cokes together, we're going to be able to talk about this memory. And that's all it is. It's a life experience. It's yeah. an accomplishment that you experience for yourself. It is not this worldly accomplishment where everybody gives a shit. It is totally meaningless in the grand scheme of the universe and the planet and everything else. It means absolutely nothing to go to the work, go to the gym and lift weights and eat chicken and get your body fat down to a winning. What, what other people deem is the best. It, you know? So, wow. The thing so that I said at the top of the show, it is irrelevant. I'm glad you walked into my <laughs> trap. Good job. Why didn't no. you just ask me if bodybuilding was relevant to the universe? I would I answer kinda, your question. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that it's, I mean, nothing's relevant to the universe if you want to get that whacked out about it. But oh, I mean, it, no, I, I, I believe you. I guess it's the point. Not, that, not only do I believe you, we are on the same page on that. None of this but means that, shit. But is it just, a, so you're <laughs> saying that this is a giant industry based on vanity and it's about encouraging people to just get vain and go for it, right? It's like, yep. yeah. So why do you keep And now, it? now it's not even about the vanity. Now it's a, just a participation thing. It's just being part of something. People want to get on stage. They, they so are you vain? The are you just they... a vain guy because you compete? Uh, I don't really see. My... <laughs> I'm asking. Is just like a... I'm asking because like I know, based I know predicated on the previous. I know what you're yeah, saying, yeah. but I want to articulate. That yeah, 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 I don't see myself I'm asking. as vain. Yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. maybe somebody from the outside looking in that only has a snapshot of my life, they might see that. But I don't see that. I mean, no, I don't no, I meant, I meant, I meant, but I, I meant that because bodybuilding, like you just said, it's kind of a vanity pursuit. And you're saying I just want a big prestigious show. So is that a vanity pursuit? Yeah, I mean, vanity from the from a visual aspect. I don't. Oh, okay. I'm think when I think when I think vanity, I think fashion and beauty and things like that. This is bodybuilding can be very very. I mean, you could be the ugliest person on the planet and still succeed in bodybuilding. So yeah, that, but I just it's, don't. It's, but it's still like a decoration on the self. Right? On how you look. Sure, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, like a title. Like I have this. That's why I think people want it. Is it's the title. And some people are smart enough to do something with a title, and some people just want it like a like they're wearing a fancy new dress. You know, I got this pro card. You know where my trophy my trophies are all in the trunk of my car right now because I moved. And I haven't taken them out since then. <laughs> like, I Who else is I think in one there? of the arms broke off. I'm in a fucking box somewhere. I don't, I don't even give fucking shit. give yeah. a shit. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, but I think, yeah, the, I, the trophies are the it, least of it. It's the title, not the trophy. If, if you I really want to get down to the nitty gritty, everything that, whether it doesn't matter what your hobby is or what you're into or what you do with your life or if you're Donald Trump or, or whatever, I think that we're just human beings and we just need to do things to waste time until we die. And I think that bodybuilding. Oh, you're is a nihilist. Really... <laughs> and I think I think that bodybuilding is just a cool little thing to set milestones and be like, okay, I want to achieve this, and I'm gonna do what it takes to achieve that. And right. then you know, four years wrap... later, I'm dead, and nobody gives and, a shit. And, and as we're gonna wrap up, it's one of those things though that like, and I think that that you know that sounds like a great rationale, but 
that's what they're opening the show is. It's like, here is this thing that has so much influence somehow. You said yourself, sold out rooms, and yet people are saying, yeah, but it's just for me. Well, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm just putting the swastika on my forehead, but it's for me. I know that it makes everyone crazy, but it's for me. So can we really be a competitive bodybuilder and have it be just for me, especially because it colludes with this big money engine? You know what I mean? It's I, really, I think it, that- it transcends at a point. If Phil Heath is saying that he is uh, that professional athletes are looking toward to him for, <laughs> which and, I thought uh, was ridiculous. Like, uh, that's that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my entire right. life. Uh, most of most professional athletes would run circles around Phil Heath, and, and and it's really funny how he says the work is the most important part when he's renowned to be one of the least hard, <laughs> yeah. hardest working bodybuilders in the industry. So it's. Really? You know, I mean, I it's like anything else. You, the higher up you get, and the the better you are at something, or the more you achieve in something, I think that your head just gets bigger and bigger, and you lose touch with reality. Do you think bodybuilding needs to get more local to be more relevant? Do you think that we've gone too far into the pale of pro and national and top and elite? Do you think that a revigor- reinvigoration on the smallest levels is actually not only that's a fire- that's a really good question. That's a really good question because I've been asked before, like what could be done to slow down the descent of bodybuilding itself, and the only real answer to that is that the physiques come down some and aren't so obvious walking science projects. Right. But that, like, how do you how do you regress from that? Like, you once you get right. to that point, once once the NFL gets to a point where guys are running four threes and hitting into each other, like. Where, how do you go backwards? You can't. You're gonna ki- you're gonna kill it completely. Yeah. Nobody's gonna want to watch, right? Because you look at female bodybuilding, and it was kind of the same phenomenon where these chicks were just on all these drugs, and they were fucking freaks, and uh, it was not appealing to the general public. And somehow it got to that point. It ballooned up to that point, um, and the IFBB, you know, and so, so much. Um, the only so many- the only the only answer that we can come up with is that it's got to be on. The, uh, the level of the judging so that there has to be a clear there's, right. there's no clear there's no clear-cut criteria when it comes to judging it's all oh my god opinion based i don't believe you're taking my thunder that's my argument you're taking my thunder so there's Adam. no Go on there need there so there needs to be some clear-cut point system in in each category so you have a conditioning category you have a symmetrical category and each judge needs to be held accountable for what they score these guys within each Division. So, you know, you have, let's say you got to score posing because I think presentation is a huge thing. Um, You can't have a soft competitor just because they have better shape than somebody else because conditioning is obviously a huge factor. So there has to be, you know, your your aesthetics and however, however you lay it out. Right. And then the judging needs to be they these judges need to be identified for how they score these people. And that's the only way that they're going to make it more more appealing, I guess, if it can't even be more appealing, but yeah. people are always going to want to see, like, they're always going to, the, the reason why the Arnold Classic at the night show is sold out is because you're seeing something that you're not seeing every day. It's right. not an everyday thing. That's the you're spectacle, not, it, right. Down in my, I have, I have friends in Miami, and there's some decently sized guys down there who, but when you compare them to pro bodybuilders, they, they're, they're tiny. So it's, I think there's two things that you touched on that are that I would agree with is that, like I said, in the local level, but you you actually squirmed in the back door on that one to say, look, one of the biggest problems in bodybuilding is that the league is responsible for the referees. And that's not true of any other sport. The referee should be a separate body from the league. Now, if that would happen, if there was a, if there was a physique standard, which is always banging the drum on this show, some sort of standard, like you said, that is uniform. <laughs> 
and then separate refereeing. Now this could be pursued on a local level because people can relate to not it. To, it's not a, to mention it's a simple not to mention at that point. Not to mention, you know, I'm a huge Chicago Bears fan. Every week I watch a Bears game, there's diff- there's a different referee crew officiating those That's games. That's my point. That's my point. Yeah, the referee you, is you go along you go along in the IPB. These guys are traveling all over the world together. They're 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 having breakfast with the competitors. It's like you're not going to see that in any other professional sports quote unquote sports organization. You're only totally. seeing that in here so it's you know the, i agree i agree I, what can, so what i can just talked about it i mean that, yeah, can, that could bring it to the public is my, my point is that now that, you could, can that can make it better you can replicate can it, it better on, is it yeah, gonna, yeah. Because I think is, that if I can it, if I can do something, if I can actually partake in something, then I'll be more interested in it because I can relate to it. Even if the top guy is way beyond anything I could accomplish, I'm still interested. And I think that's right. what you're getting at is that if the, the other, standards the other thing were, were laid out just so. The other thing you're not attributing here is that back in back in when I first began following bodybuilding in the mid-90s, uh, steroids were kind of a taboo topic. They weren't written about in magazines. You, there was obviously no internet back then to learn about it. It was kind of just like – uh, something that was talked about in the locker room at the gym. Now, right. steroid knowledge is, uh, it's everywhere. Uh, most of it, a lot of it is wrong, but it's, it, you can learn about steroids anywhere you want. And I think it's a lot less taboo now. And I think that when when these 16, 7 year old kids are, are, if anybody buys magazines, buys them anymore, or at least like following these people on social media, I think that when they see these physiques, they just know right off the bat steroids. They don't, they yep. don't, they are not under the, pre- when I first saw those physiques, I said, when I first saw those physiques, Joe Weider was telling me in the magazines that if I work really hard and I eat fucking chicken and potatoes oh, yeah, all day for long, sure. <laughs> that I could that I could do that too. I just needed to want it bad enough. Exactly. Like, Which is now, like, now kids now kids know I'm never gonna make it. So that is why the smaller classes with the much smaller physiques are much more popular. Not that they're not using drugs; they're totally yeah. using drugs. Some of them using are, are using a lot of drugs. That goes back to the whole genetic response to them, yeah. or 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 just t- plain old time in the gym. But a lot of pe- nobody, a lot of people are not willing to do and and turn themselves into that science project yep. that it takes to be an IFBB pro. So can bodybuilding be fixed? I don't really think so. Like from the competitive and IFBB, I don't think it can. I think it's gone so far right. that they that either you know the judging and stuff will help. But I think that with the he made the point of the women's. Uh, division. The, what they did really smart there was they just repackaged the same thing. Basically, yeah. they they took about fifteen to twenty pounds off the girls and totally. then they repackaged it and called it something else. So, it, which is what I think they do with classic bodybuilding because now they've already raised the weight yeah. uh, the weight limits in the classes on that too. Class. I think yeah. that I think classic bodybuilding is probably the future of bodybuilding. I think that they'll slowly but surely. I I don't want to say they'll push it out because I really I this is all like I'm, I'm presuming. And I can't, I can't, I'm not really good at reading the future. I kind of suck at that, but something's going to happen where, um, where the men's open division takes less relevancy over time and is slowly replaced with this new classical physique division, which offers more attainable physiques, less drug usage, less time in the gym, fat, you can get there faster. And I think that's just more appealing to the masses. It's not appealing to me. I wanted to work for 15 years to to get my wins. I wanted to work my way up the state level and then the regional level and then the, the junior national level and the national level. And I never thought I would, I never had the dream to be a pro bodybuilder. It never once crossed my mind. But like I knew, I knew what it was going to take to win these classes. When I first started to become, when I first got into this, my first goal was to win the Illinois state. That was my goal. I knew a couple guys that had done it. Those guys were monsters to me. Yep. And I wanted to do that. But right. now when you get into the sport, now when you get into the sport, 
you don't want to be Mr. Illinois anymore. You don't want to win junior nationals and not get a pro card. You want to do a local show, qualify for nationals, and then go win your pro card at nationals. Yep. And I think that that's, and that's, you know, I mean, that, and that pretty much does sum up what I'm getting at is that there is a huge disconnect. So it's, it, it's, it's not something we can settle. It's like, no matter what comes next, like you said, you can't predict the future. You know, the, there are options that are always being fuddled with, but I think that the it's the intersection is fraught with just so much contradiction, which you're pointing out very well. You know, I mean, it's, you know, just because we can't predict the future doesn't mean that there isn't one. I get that. But on the other hand, you know, I think that we've, I think you've really did a great job pointing out that, you know, there, there is just so much amiss here. You can't, pre- you can't predict the pu- future, I'm, but what you, you can, you can, you can estimate what it's going to be based on what's happened in the past. Sure. That, you know, and I, so. and I'm, 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 I think that like, I mean, my personal opinion is that I'd like it to be more socially, you know, uh, broad again, but I, I mean, who knows how that's going to happen. I think that you've pointed out very well that there are so many tight nooses on this sport in, in with idiotic ideas of how it should be played that you know, who knows how it's going when this to be when this whole thing like. when the whole thing first started with the new classes I I thought to myself like oh they're they're you know like everybody says they're trying to kill bodybuilding and, and blah 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 but then as time has passed like I see that nobody wants to be that 260 pound Jay Cutler anymore like no the people just don't want to do what it takes to be that and the reason why is because drugs have become a huge part of our culture now. We're we're knowledgeable about them. We know that they exist, and we know that those guys are on a shit ton of drugs. And I don't want to do that many drugs. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't, and I don't blame them. And that is what is killing bodybuilding and making these smaller classes more popular. It took me a while to get around to that way of thinking, but I eventually yeah, did. Yeah, it's yeah, and I mean, how many how many episodes are you in? How many episodes in? Did so it over two hundred. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> it takes that many episodes. This is uh, you know, this has been really interesting. I mean, you you could you have so much passion. Clearly, this is deeply ingrained in you. This is like such a, this is clearly a life passion of yours. I can tell. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to let you. The, the funny part about that is, I'm like really super bored with it now. <laughs> there's Maybe only that... there's only so much that's it's you. There's only so much to talk about when you've done 200 that... podcasts. Like, well, that's like, what I'm saying. That's why. About everything. That's why I was this trying to been, fuck, talk this about. This great. Like, I haven't had a conversation like this in months. <laughs> That's that's what I do. It's like, yeah, I know what you mean. That it's like that there that you got to talk about the existential part because we so often don't connect when we're in a little fishbowl. We don't intersect with what's going on out there, and we got to right. because you're right. Otherwise, it's like what what the heck. Um, I have a feeling that you and I have way more in common than we don't. We have a few points that we're totally divergent. Um, you know, but I, I are you talking about are you talking about philosophically? I I think philosophically we're probably more in line with each other than not in some cases. Probably. But I just mean in terms of like specifics. But what I love is that what I identify with you is that there's absolutely a sense of investment that you're not someone who believes in just scrapping it and throwing it away, that, the, that you're a worker, that you're a grind into it. And that's what I uh, – If I, I, if I was here for the money, I wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> well, I wasn't even talking money. I was just talking that, that, that you're not someone who just because something doesn't pan out, you you say screw it. You know, oh, gotcha, it, gotcha, it, gotcha. Yeah. The, um, I really I appreciate you being on the show. Would you uh, plug your podcast again? Let people know what it is, the misspelling and all. Where do they find it? Where do they hear it? Um, they that, it's at geardup.com. It's G-E-A-R-D-U-P.com. We're on iTunes or the Stitcher podcast app if you uh, if you use Android. I just wanted to give a shout out to all my – we got a lot of good sponsors. We have Iron Rebel, Project AD. Joe Binley has been a backer of mine since the beginning. Uh, MountainDogDiet.com, that's John Meadows. He 
the guy sent me a message on Christmas Eve when I was about three months into this whole thing and asked what it would take for him to be a sponsor. So he is my very first sponsor. He's backed me up since day one. I really appreciate that. And not, not just, not just from a business standpoint, but the, I, anything I want to know about if I would need life advice or whatever the case might be, he's, he's been always been there for me. Uh, you know, purchase peptides and uh, I don't know, we got a bunch Warhammer gym, yeah, gear, MPA subs. Yeah. I mean, you got to pay those bills. Got, I got, got a bunch you. of sponsors. I got to pay my bills. No, that's awesome though. I appreciate it. Stick around. Will you stick around for a minute so we can uh, talk to us at the yeah, very sure. end? Um, Nick, yep. anything, anything you got to plug? Are you good? I mean, he was to plugging plug. away. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, no, but, uh, I mean, just the sponsor for this podcast, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'll, let you, also- I'll let you do the honors, Christian. Oh, thanks. That does it for this episode. Thanks for stepping inside the big inside. Don't forget, we love being told our heads are up our asses. We love being told we're right, we're wrong, whatever, that you hated it, that you love it, you know, whatever it is. Please give us your feedback by going to thebiginside.com or joining the discussion on our Facebook page. Our listenership is growing rapidly. So, yeah, get in on – let us know what's up. Tell me what you need to hear on this show. That's what this is about. Today's show, sponsors. Today's show was sponsored by Saisei Sports, S-A-I-S-E-I Sports, the makers of the new revolutionary formula, pre-workout formula, Rekt. I was told by the brass over at Saisei Sports. They said, hey, you know, we like that you hype the quality. Because this really is redefining quality. Most brands, they have like what they say is on the label is in the label, but they're not necessarily hitting that top grade. But what they told me, they said, you know, tell them this about Rec. Tell them also the quantities. There's no surprises. It's all the stuff you'd expect. No innovative formulas. No fancy stuff. Just everything maxed out and balanced at a level that you know, people just don't do, and it's kind of startling. Redefines what you think of a pre-workout. Worth trying. Independent guys doing the good work. Um, Trust me, it costs more per per tub, but you get you don't overscoop because you're getting more per scoop. It's it's revolutionary. Everyone gets jaded. Says, yeah, yeah, I know. Trust me, this stuff is blowing people's minds. Get on board. Um, also, the uh, show has been sponsored by the Next Level Leadership Program based in Boston. Uh, the Next Level has been a premier program created by the Phys Academy. It's for those with a passion for strength sports and bodybuilding who want to use their talents toward leadership. Whether it's a job, whether it's something political, whether it's just something you love, personal growth and social leadership is what comes out of your passion. Learn more at the Next Level and learn how to learn nextlevel.me, the nextlevel.me, the the is in there, and learn how to enroll on a team. Lastly, we've been brought to you by Scorpio Creative, a boutique design, branding, and marketing marketing for him. Hey, you're a small business. You know, maybe you're a trainer, maybe you're some bodybuilder guy, I don't know, lifter. And you need someone to brand you, but you don't got the big money. You need to break it down into discrete payments or you need to, you know, only get this much and not that other thing. Scorpio Creative has specialized for over 15 years in giving small businesses the results they need at the prices that will work for them. Give them a, tr- a shot at scorpiocreative.com. Get your logo, get your stuff. scorpiocreative.com, great sponsor. Remember, folks, The Big Inside, independently funded. We're not big and brassy. We've been doing this for 10 years on a shoestring, so we rely on you, the amazing, brilliant thinkers that listen to our show where we keep us going. If you like what you hear on The Big Inside, please consider dropping a few bucks in our virtual bucket of love at our website, thebiginside.com. Your generosity is not only appreciated, we'll chat you up on there. We'll brag about you like Adam bragged about his buddy. We'll talk about you. We don't care. In fact... Why not just hump our leg completely and become a sponsor of The Big Inside? Info is on the website. We love selling your stuff. And hey, karma is real. And now is the point in the show, The Inside Drive, where we give you a recommendation, goal, idea, or personal quest we have that we're looking into for ourselves that we think you ought to look into as well. Nick, what's your, what's your, what's your mojo? What's your thing for this week? Use more, use more wrecked? Is that what it is? Yeah, probably. 
Oh man, I forgot about this part. We, we, oh, was come so on, guys. Yeah, you always catch me off guard with this one, Chris. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Nick, you know you prepare for the show. So what do you got this week? Me? Uh, yeah. Just get shit done. Just get be proactive. Proactive. Okay, broad, broad and open. Adam, what are you? What's your thing you're working on? The gym or in your diet or whatever? Man, I'm, I'm going through a, a huge life transition right now. My wife and nice. I separated. And, oh, and I'm sorry. I, uh, I moved out. No, no, no. It's a, it's me. We're really good friends. Like, we, we were friends before. We probably should have never got married. Just stay friends. Although, if that would have happened, I'd be one less. I'd have one less kid, and I I wouldn't want that. I love my kids. Yeah. Um, just, be, you know, I'd like always be a better dad. Um, be more consistent with uh, my do, doing what it takes on a daily day-to-day basis to uh to make my dreams come true, no matter how stupid or rudimentary they may seem. Broad is good. For me, it's a little less glamorous. I'm lately obsessed with roasts. It's beef. Every week, seriously, folks, try this. I buy a giant... No, it sounds crazy. I buy a roast at the beginning of the week, slice that bad Larry up, and I... Cheaper than cold cuts, healthier than cold cuts, and I just have protein in my fridge sitting there. And besides which, for about 24 hours after making it, my fingers smell like beef. I've been sniffing my fingers the whole episode. Do do what you want with that information. But I advocate the roast. Listen, thanks again, Adam. This was incredible. I really no appreciate it. It was so much fun having you on. Would you come sure. back sometime? Maybe some few months Absolutely. or a year or something like that? When, tomorrow? Tomorrow? Yeah, whenever we'll do this. <laughs> I'll come on your show. You come on mine. We'll take over oh, the like airways. A- these, you know, you get, you kind of, it's hard to explain, but you kind of get, I, I'm constantly searching for new things to talk about. And a lot of people have been, a lot of people have complained about the inconsistency of, my, inconsistency of my podcast lately, because it's always from week to week. You never know what we're getting. One week we're doing a Q and a, the next week we're talking about dating and shit. And, and right. so I, I'm really searching for like intellectually to be stimulated really with doing this. Cause I'm not making a ton of money off of this. And um, I, you know, the, the, the interviews are great and it's nice to get to know people, but that's kind of like, at this point, that's just mind numbing. So, so there's something like this, you know, Bring with this on. conversation, Throw we're, all just re- we're all, <laughs> yeah, but then I got to think of things, then I got to think of things uh... to stimulate you. And I, I like being the top. I like getting oh, stimulated. Oh, that's fine, dude. I'll, I'll, t- <laughs> dude, bring me on. Ask me dumb questions. I'm, I'm a gun for it. No, seriously. It was a pleasure. I hope to have you back real soon. Thanks so much. All right, and thanks again, Nick. You were great as always. He's dead. He already died. Good job, Nick. He, he, he gave the thumbs up. No, right. I said right. thank you. I, I was on mute. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up now, guys. Okay. Yeah. I gotta All go. All right. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Adam. It was a pleasure. Today's show is produced by the Physiculture Collaborative, whose social relevance has only been determined to be completely, utterly, and pointless in line with this nihilistic conversation. That's the workout for your ears this week. I'm Christian Mady, aka XN for the Big Inside. Reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later.